the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, don't bug me. I'm texting. Texting with the new vice chair of the Colorado State GOP. Her name is Hope Sheppelman, and she will join us here in about 20, maybe 25 minutes. But first, back for an encore performance. No, not Brian, who got ceremoniously disconnected some way or another, but Jack in Wyoming has something that we just have to hear. Jack, what's up? Yeah. Randy, you kind of tickled my funny bone speculating as to who the Democrats would advance for their presidential candidate. Uh, Michelle Obama, I think, has a has a huge problem. And, and that problem, I think, is the fact that I think everybody will admit that the name Obama is toxic to probably 35 or 40 percent of the American people. I don't think she can overcome that. I think the Democrats are, will be smart enough to understand that. My guess would be. They'll move in somebody that they think is smooth, that's basically a Trojan horse, that's a communist as well as the as the Obamas are, and that'd be John Kerry. Oh my God! It. That's well, where they're going. Don't you think uh, Gavin Newsom is probably the pretty boy that's lined up if uh, if a Michelle or but some he, other big name doesn't roll in? He is, but he's got too much of a track record that can pull him down in California. Whereas whereas Kerry doesn't. He's like a darling to the liberals. I think it's going to be Kerry. I really do. But the, the name Obama is not going to fly on any ballot ever again, ever. Well, That's done. I, boy, do I hope you're right, because it is just disgusting. We've now had the third term of Obama. Obama clearly pulling the strings. <laughs> well, trying. Michelle would be the fourth. I Michelle know. would be the fourth term of Obama. People know that. They're not that stupid, Randy. Well, Jack, from your lips to God ear, God's ears, my friend. Okay. All good. right. God bless. Jack's line is open 303-696-1971. I was going to click into Joe Rogan and some comments he made about all these indictments of Donald Trump. He is really, uh, I, I shouldn't say flipped, because he's always been, you know, kind of the show of the people, the man of the people. The left loved Joe Rogan, the most watched podcast in the world. At least it used to be. I didn't do any checking today. But, you know, he says no GOP candidate can beat Trump because they're not going to get his supporters. That's absolutely true. But there's a little bit of cursing going on in that recording. So we're going to pass. Why don't we? It looks like Trump is still on stage in South Carolina. Why don't we dip back into him for just a moment? All right. Let's pull out of there. Just kind of going through the litany. No fire breathing. Trump drew the biggest crowd ever to the Alabama Lincoln Day. I think it was a Lincoln Day, but the big GOP gathering in Alabama earlier this week. And then this tweet that has got everybody tweeter-pated. If you go after me, I'm coming after you. And I just heard during our news break that the judge issued, Jack Smith went and demanding a protection order. The judge issued what's called a show cause order that requiring Trump's lawyers to show cause why the protection order shouldn't be issued or why Trump isn't. And I haven't read the details. That's why I'm kind of paraphrasing and just giving you an idea of what's going on, why Trump 
shouldn't prove or show cause why he, how he hasn't violated the court's order to, um, you know, not be addressing this court case at all. And it's very interesting. There's a woman named Barb McQuaid on Twitter. And she's a U- University of Michigan law professor. Uh, she does legal analysis on MSLSD. She's a former U.S. attorney. She's got a book coming out, Attack from Within, How Disinformation is Sabotaging America. And she's a pretty prominent figure with 650,000 followers on Twitter. And here's what she wrote after Donald Trump said this. If you go after me, I'm coming after you. Barb McQuaid, this is why Jack Smith needs a protective order to prevent Trump from disclosing witness testimony when he receives discovery in the election interference case. It's easy to imagine an unbalanced supporter seeing this post as a call to action and going after the witnesses. And Richard Grinnell, the first homosexual person uh, appointed to, uh, gosh darn, I can't remember what position that he took. He was a... um, Eh, I don't remember. But I mean, this is a this is a man who has survived cancer, who was, you know, the first gay cabinet member appointed by Trump. It wasn't Biden who did any of that. And he responded this way. Richard Grinnell, listen up, Barb, you are a phony, a grade A fraud. I was testifying to Jack Smith's grand jury. And before this is in capital letters, before I left the courthouse, CNN had published a story about my exact testimony, including the exact questions asked and exact documents I was shown. You were silent. So take a seat. You and your kind have done enough damage to the justice system. And no kidding. The leaks always go one direction. The leaks always come. The justice system leaks like a sieve. And you see evidence. And listen, just think back to the way they set up Donald Trump for the phony Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. The head of the FBI, Comey, goes in and sits down and says, Mr. President, we have evidence. We have this new evidence that's come. And I just wanted to brief you on it. And then that story is already out into the media and blown up. And Hillary Clinton, who continues to say that she lost the election in part because of Russian interference. Of course, she hasn't been charged by anybody, but she not only did she pay for that dossier and then eventually pay a hundred thousand dollar fine for that massive election or presidential interference, but has paid no price, of course, for uh, being one of many Democrats over many decades, many election cycles who challenged the outcome of an election. Absolutely insane. So many text messages coming in. Let's uh, let's pick some of these up. John Kerry. Oh, John Kerry. No way. He lost to Bush Jr. And once you're known as a Democrat who can't win, you are dead meat in their nakedly transactional party. That's interesting. I wonder if. If there, I can't think of any historical Democrats who lost and then came back. Uh, same text earlier. I missed this one. Hi, Randy. The pronunciation of Mr. Ramaswamy's first name is Vavek. That's right. And I've been corrected on that several times by someone who's deep inside his campaign. Uh, you know, it's as in Lake Vavek. And he, that's the way he pronounced it during his lengthy video to the Colorado State Central Committee. That was played along with Donald Trump's video and Ron DeSantis's video 
uh, during the very beginning part of our meeting. So thanks for that great information. And several texters are uh, reminding me Richard Grinnell was the acting director of National Intelligence. So he knew what he's he knows what he's talking about. Randy, I saw the sound of freedom, thought it was tremendous on iHeartRadio, an ad for a podcast of Red Pilled America intimated that the story was not true or way off from the true story. I did not listen to the podcast. Wonder if you or anyone has. Would make me very sad if it were revealed that this story was made up. Well, I don't know about the podcast, but I do know that the person who's portrayed in the movie, you know, is a real-life human being, and I've seen him interviewed, and he's talked about the story. I'm, I'm sure it's Hollywooded up some, but the massive impact of this movie, $14 million to make it. Disney sat on it for, what, three years, four years, something like that? Didn't think it was, you know, worthy of release. And watch their stock continue to tank with their woke ideology. It's it's fun to watch. But then uh, private organization, what was it, Angel Studios, I think, decided to get this movie out. And did it? they funded it themselves. And it's made over $150 million, regardless of how Hollywooded it is. Uh, the fact that there was this person who rescued this child is true. And more importantly than that, even if it was a fiction movie designed to just simply get people thinking about this issue, it has exposed a horrific worldwide problem, one where apparently... America, the United States of America, is the greatest consumer of this child trafficking. And that is very, very sad. And interesting, interesting, isn't it, that Disney and Hollywood want nothing to do with these kinds of stories. Very powerful movie. And a um, person I went to see it with uh, didn't really know anything about it, but was willing to um, go with me since I was so interested in it and was very, very moved, very, very touched by it. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend it because you'll be talking about it. You'll get more people to watch it, and it's just wonderful. Uh, shout out uh, to Jack from Wyoming. I love him, but I disagree about John Kerry. He's currently 79 years old. Have to admit with Kerry, he's 79 Trump years, not 79 Biden years, uh, still sounds sharp. And by the time he would be elected, he would be 80 or 81. People don't want another old fool in the White House. I worry a lot about Michelle Obama. Unfortunately, ignoramuses love her and think she's terrific. Man, good text messages coming in. Uh, good old law enforcement buddy Stephen Littleton, thanks for the updates on the Republican soiree today. Appreciate you. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate you uh, and your family so very much. And, you know, some of these names are especially special to me now after the loss of my wife two months ago because just so many of you inside and outside of the station, inside and outside of the listening audience, inside and outside of the Republican Party just stepped up so bigly. By the way, I was corrected by text on bigly also uh, by our Good buddy, the American, the great American Eric said, Bigly, that was a President Trump quote. And man, I attributed that to Bush. Shame on me. I think the president would be very upset about that. But 
I made another mistake once last week too. So, you know, it's going to happen. You just can't, uh, can't really avoid it. The, um, I mentioned how the election was run. The, the voting was run at the meeting and it was absolutely terrific. I talked about how we had all of this negative, uh, just dishonest outside pressure trying to make sure that the Bonniewell amendment didn't pass. And it's just amazing to me that, and I think this is really a symbol. I, I think somebody said this or I saw it written down somewhere. Maybe it was one of the many text messages that went out today about this controversial vote, that when you're over the target, people do freak out. But I'm just so disappointed to see someone, for instance, like Eric Odland, um, put his name behind a series of text messages saying, this is un-American. This is like Russian government. This is communist. And Dick Wadhams with his comrade Dave Williams. Unbelievable how desperate these folks are. Two lies that have been circulating in the media. And I don't know if they've been on this station. I haven't heard much of our radio this week. Um, don't know if Dick Wadhams has come on and said this or, or anything else. But uh, two really big lies. And the I guess I'll get the first one out of the way first because I'm directly involved in it. Uh, people were asking me questions about this, and I don't know the source where they where these questions came up. But you have to think it's from these same folks, you know, the Dick Wadhamses, the the establishment folks that are so terrified of Republicans actually being the ones to nominate Republican candidates and. You know, we're going to be in, we're going to just be out in the wilderness if we close our primaries like so many other states have successfully done. And the claim is that John Eastman, who is so falsely and unceremoniously and dishonestly attacked even right here on this station, not only for his legal opinions around January 6th, but about, you know, where his where he's at right now in his own personal situation, the grievance against him in California is just so misrepresented. This is a brilliant man, one of the most noted constitutional scholars, not in the country, in the world. And he's attacked and his position on January 6th and the alternative um, possibilities that he presented to Donald Trump are either misunderstood or I believe intentionally misrepresented. But he and I were responsible for the lawsuit uh, two years ago that was trying to close the primary. And Judge Kane dumped us after two days. Uh, very, I mean, it, you know, it was a great hearing. I really enjoyed arguing to this judge because, you know, dude's 80 plus Trump years, uh, Carter appointee, but very, very sharp and great questioning and proper rulings and all of that. But in his order, dismissing our challenge to Prop 108, the open primary, he got very personal and, you know, said we were riding in. I forget the, the analogy that he used. Unnecessary to be sarcastic or whatever. He came to the conclusion, wrong in my opinion, under the law, that the party the Colorado State GOP had to be a party. So we didn't appeal his errors of law as we see it because it was too late to be to do anything with the open primaries during that election cycle. 
So why spend money on that? It with we were hoping that new leadership in the Republican Party and the ruling that we were waiting forever from the Federal Election Commission about how we could raise money for it would be in place and we'd be able to bring another lawsuit, a new lawsuit with the Colorado GOP as a party. So we already had that complaint and we, you know, it was updated and modified and it was filed. What was it? Maybe a week ago last Monday now? I think so. But in any event, John Eastman and I have signed on to that complaint again, my law firm lawyers there and John and his constitutional firm, um, two lawyers. And, you know, if John is in fact disbarred in California, which is certainly possible, I've watched some of this trial and watched some of the rulings and the expert witnesses that are denied and just very, very interesting to say the least. Uh, but he'll still be able to be a part of it. He just won't be able to argue in court or sign a court pleading, but his brilliance will still be a part of it. So apparently some in our party have been led to believe by somebody that while the Colorado State GOP is broke, as they say, and we'll talk about the budget side uh, on the other side of this break, that we each re received $50,000 as part of this lawsuit and that we were expecting a quarter million dollars uh, or more from it. And I just want you to know that nothing could be further from the truth. Um, John and I haven't received a penny for this second lawsuit. I think I got like 12,000 or something from the last one, but 5,000 of that was for an expert witness that we had to hire. Um, and, you know, 40, 50,000 or more of law firm time in that one just on my side. But anyway, setting all that aside, we didn't receive a penny. We got a promissory note for $25,000, uh, which may or may not come through. The Colorado State GOP has no obligation except if money is actually raised to fund the lawsuit. But John and I determined that this is very, very important. It's unconstitutional. Uh, in spite of what you'll hear from the establishment, it has damaged Republicans in Colorado and other states where open primaries have come into being. And so we decided that since, you know, we just had to update and include the party and, and um, it wasn't a, a massive thing, that to get the clock running was first and foremost very important. But these people will just lie. They'll just start lies. And spread them. And I, I don't know the source of this one, so I may be casting with too broad of a brush. But somehow, Republicans, voting Republicans on the Colorado State Central Committee were under the impression that we had been, you know, that, that the party, I guess, had given us these big checks. And it's just outrageous and untrue. Interestingly, there was a person present, a voting member, I believe. I don't know who he is, and I didn't write down his name who got up and said, I've got a $15,000 check here for this uh, funding for this lawsuit. And I will match, I will use it to match any donations that we get today. And so that was very, very interesting. We'll, we'll see if that happens. The Democrats have no problem funding lawfare for their agenda. Uh, we need better billionaires. We need willing millionaires. And we need grassroots folks who can afford it to be willing to support, and, and I'm not pitching for the lawsuit, I'm talking about in general, but it applies to the lawsuit, I make no mistake about that. We need the resources to start pushing back 
as we approach these elections. We need to be able to file lawsuits when we see unconstitutional or illegal actions taking place. And we need to exercise those muscles because um, it, it, we're, we are so outgunned in that area. But bottom line is we, <laughs> we didn't get some $50,000 checks, nor did we ask for them. We just wanted to make sure that this thing got underway, and it is. So I want to talk to you about what we learned at the Central Committee meeting about the budgeting, and uh, we'll do that when we return here on 710 KNUS. And I do. Thank you. I don't know if you know it or not, but Joe Biden has been in politics for 50 years, and he's been doing one thing, lying, well, and touching children. Try to remember what it was that first got you involved in politics to begin with. I remember for me what it was. I got involved in politics for two reasons, only two, at the front end of my career. Civil rights and the environment. Voting rights. Voting rights. Voting rights. That's how I got involved in politics. We ended that damn war. That's why I ran the Vietnam War. That's what got me involved in politics in the first place, thing called redlining. I got involved in politics because I'm poor and the disadvantaged. I got involved to try to stop the construction of that highway, which I did. That's what got me involved. I quit the law firm and asked for a job to become a public defender. That's what sort of got me involved in politics. I got involved in politics to begin with because of civil rights and opposition to white supremacists, the Ku Klux Klan. It's all about family. It's all about community. And it really is. That's what got Putin engaged. That's what got him involved. That's what got me involved. I got involved in politics because of the neighborhood I came from. The reason why uh, I got involved in politics, the reason why the president I ran, the president got involved, is the one primary role for government is to protect people. I was at the uh, signing the Voting Rights Act. It's been the only constant in my entire political career that's what got me involved in politics. And I got involved because my state was the only state in the Union when Dr. King was murdered that was occupied by the National Guard. I ran for public office because of the burning, uh, how can I say it, that was bile that was in my throat about watching Bull Connor's dogs on television in the 50s. The same issues relating to what constitutes uh, um, decency and honor in this country. Uh, it's just the thing that got me involved in public life to begin with. The confluence of those sort of basic values, the things everybody has to overcome in their life, and what you, in fact, basically liked naturally, all seem to, in retrospect, move me in a direction that uh, um, got me involved in public issues and public life. My political hero got me involved in politics. There's a lot of great men and two Kennedy brothers who are deceased were great. Folks, it's simple. That's why I got involved in the first place. Man, oh man, so much lying. Let's uh, let's hear a different perspective from President Donald Trump, live from South Carolina. All right, yeah, it's uh, it is kind of hard to believe, but it's not. You can pull out of that. It's not really hard to believe. It's this is absolutely what is to be expected from the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine. And we get perfect examples of the 
the bias when we hear even our CBS news breaks. Incredible. Former President Barack Obama, Mr. Trump. And now, because of this truth social post that he put up, that if you come after me, I'm coming after you. Did, did you hear how the news was reporting that? They were reporting it as a threat. Now, anybody who pays attention to Donald Trump knows exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about the deep state. He's talking about the two-tiered justice system. He's talking about the fact that, you know, you can force anybody into a process crime. Uh, seems at will they can find something, something to charge and then use over your head in order to get you to flip, to get you to talk, to get you to whatever. Even Mike Pence has come out now. This is the new tough Mike Pence. Uh, talking about how he wouldn't put President Trump above the Constitution, and he'll always put the Constitution first. And the truth of the matter is, no one on January 6th was asked to violate the Constitution. The reason this got so crazy is because for the first time in history, it looked like the Republicans were actually going to bring a stop to the counting of the, the certifying of the Electoral College votes. When you hear people using the language that Donald Trump stole, wanted to try and steal the election or usurp the election or overturn the election, there was no election until the Electoral College votes got, were to get counted. And Democrats in election after election after election had made the effort to try and claim that certain states shouldn't be certified, they should go back, they should be further investigations, etc. But the re only requirement is to not only have a House member, but a member of the Senate uh, agree with you that this should be stopped and we should examine these particular votes. Nothing illegal about it. Nothing usurping an election or overthrowing the Constitution or failing to peacefully transfer power. All of these accusations against Trump that he was standing up to, to stop the peaceful transfer first time in history are a lie. He was exercising his right, his constitutional right, his free speech right, his right as someone who was getting bombarded with information, a lot of which we're going to get to hear if this phony garbage J6 indictment actually goes to trial. And I expect it might, maybe not before the election, but we're going to get to hear what he heard. We're going to get to know what he believed and why, because that'll be part of his defense. These charges are, are not conspiracy crimes. They're not, they're thought crimes. They're thought crime charges. They're looking into his mind and saying he was saying things he didn't really believe. And, you know, they focus on one statement where he said, yeah, I guess we're going to turn it over to the next guy that has nothing to do with what he believed about what actually occurred in the election. But challenging the certification, remember, while there were theories out there and there's historical precedents uh, that John Adams was involved with, and I, I actually went through this in detail a year plus ago, uh, where there is the potential belief that a vice president could actually pick and choose what electoral college votes to count what was being asked of mike pence on that particular day 
was to hear the states who have reached out and said, no, we believe that our electoral counts may be that our election may have been fraudulent. There were irregularities in our election. We'd like 10 days to look into it. 10 days. And Mike Pence at a rally, this was a Georgia rally, big one, was shouting that we're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to stand up on January 6th. We're going to see what happened. Mr. Courageous, Mr. Razzing up the massive crowd. And then because idiots went into the Capitol, and I believe, I believe the proof is is almost overwhelming. I mean, we have the Capitol Hill police chief who was almost immediately dismissed from Nancy Pelosi talking about it, that there were FBI everywhere, that there were infiltrators. We've seen the video. We know who Ray Epps is. I think that the left, this is a personal opinion, knew that this election, remember, Donald Trump lost by about 44,000 votes in just a few counties in the correct, in the right battleground states. After massive violations of the law, courts making determinations that only the legislature is constitutionally entitled to make. Um, officers, election officers making decisions and determinations that only the legislature of states is constitutionally empowered to make. All of this stuff was going on. Lots and lots of questions. And they knew that there was a senator, Ted Cruz, and a House rep, I forget which one, who were willing to put a stop to it and ask for the extra time for the states to make final determinations about their elections. Isn't it something in the midst of COVID that justifies every kind of extraordinary emergency order. You have to stay at home. You have to vax yourself. You have to socially distance. You have to put a mask on your face and on your children. Your business must shut down. Your liquor store and your pot store can stay open, but you churches, no, 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 we're shutting you down. By the way, I had no church that I represented during COVID that closed. None. None. And God bless them. The churches that stood up were left alone. But during all of that extraordinary power grabbing and demands on people, and then the impact that had on the 2020 election, and everybody doing mail-in ballots, uh, minimizing signature requirements, signature verification requirements, ID requirements, accepting ballots after the ballot cutoff, On and on and on. We're being told that asking for a delay from states that have concerns about their own election results was too much. It was usurpation of the world, of the Constitution, of the U.S. government. It was a slap to U.S. history and the peaceful transfer of power. It's all nonsense. And they've done such a good job of shutting people down, shutting people up, making people afraid, making people to believe their false narrative about it all. And Alexa, at the very start of this show, 100% right. They may have gone a little too far with this J6 indictment because the defense of Donald Trump is going to include bringing forth everything that was presented to him, everything that was believed, all of the things that have not 
been heard by the people yet. And that uh, it's a terrifying consideration for a former president to be being charged with multiple felonies, multiple indictments, including by the Justice Department in being controlled by his opponent. But it's also a pretty interesting opportunity. It could come back to bite them. But the real question is, what in the world is this judge going to do? I know we got to take our final break. We'll get to callers when we come back. 303-696-1971. But this judge, Jack Smith, because of the, the Truth Social post that we keep talking about, if you're coming after me, I'm coming after you, that CBS News is all aghast. It's a threat. It's a threat by Trump. When you know what he's talking about, I'm going to expose you. We're going to get rid of this administrative deep state that's been in control of so much of our country for so long. It's not coming after somebody personally, physically, putting their lives in danger. He'll certainly put their jobs in danger if he's reelected, and they know it. Caused Jack Smith to go back to court, demand a protection order. And did you hear what we learned at the in the news? The Trump lawyer said, "Judge, the judge ordered a response by Monday at 5 o'clock, the most significant case in our history, and the judge is asked for just a little more time, judge. No concept of weekends or having to work all night or letting people have life or just providing a little extra time to this man who is under this scrutiny, under these charges. Under the full power of a milit not militarized, well, almost politicized Department of Justice controlled by his opponent in a presidential race, and she wouldn't give the lawyers any more time. Any more time. Jack Smith, I don't know if it was Friday or this morning when he went to went to the court. Court said Monday at five o'clock. My God. With an extra day or two or let a lawyer have a Saturday or Sunday. There's no danger here. Trump has been socially social media proselytizing since day since before day one. No one is in danger by his truth posts. My God. Anyway, um, everybody stay right there on the phones. 303-696-1971. We'll wrap up the show with you when we return on 710 KNUS. Man, oh man, that show went fast. Calls have been on fire tonight. Very, very grateful. And I got on such a rant over the last 15 minutes or so that I forgot all about our newly elected Colorado State GOP vice chair. We are going to remedy that right now. Graciously, um, Hope Shepelman is agreed to join us for the last segment of the show. Hope, congratulations. Hey, thank you so very much, Randy. I so appreciate it. Well, Super it's excited. Yeah, it's very exciting to have you aboard. And I've got to tell you, I've been out of the loop for a couple of months. I really knew nothing about all of the candidates. I know Aaron from the past. I know Todd Watkins from the past. But there were five of you that I got acquainted with really for the first time. Uh, I think it was Thursday, the last um, Zoom forum that occurred for all you guys. And... Um, 
I was really impressed by your performance. I mean, you were the front runner from the very first vote. And I just didn't expect that because of, you know, name recognition and all of those different things. Um, what was your secret? Um, to be honest with you, just being, um, you know, a grassroots person who truly loves the the rural communities. I live in Bayfield, Colorado, and, you know, we do need some type of representation here within the state party. And the other thing is I just reached out to all of our, you know, voting members and had a conversation. So if that works for me, I believe that we can have conversations with Republican voters out there and really get them into our party. Well, I commend you for that. That's a lot of work. You know, we're talking over 400 people to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with. And uh, and I think you've got, you're on to something there because so often, you know, the, the front range gets all the attention. And we also have uh, our chairman is from Douglas County, Todd Watkins, who was your only real competition in the vote. And it didn't turn out to be that much competition. I was also from Douglas County. I, I think people thought about that, getting representation from the West Coast. But then your own personal story was pretty extraordinary. So why don't you share that with our audience? Sure. So I am. Um, I served in the United States Navy for four years. I was a hospital corpsman. Um, you know, the thing that really triggered me in this last few days, actually I was driving up from the La Plata County area and I took the, the drive through Salida, and um, and the one thing that I really realized is there's still a lot of people that truly believe in true patriotism. And with all the flags flying, it really brought, it humbled me because I had a conversation with one of our voting members. She is a Gold Star mom. And to be honest with you, I lost a lot of my friends um, due to, you know, their commitment and wanting to serve their country. Um, they came back and with the flag dra draped over their coffins. And this is one thing that really triggered me when I was driving through is, you know, we have a beautiful state. We have a wonderful state that we really need to start to unite. And truly, that's all I really ran on is we need to unite our party back and really have conversations. So I am a critical care nurse practitioner as well. Um, my husband and I just sold our business, our small business, and that was the ultimate goal. Um, you know, I am the secretary for the La Plata County GOP. I literally jumped in headfirst in 2020 right after the election with, uh, you know, with the abominable thing that happened with Donald Trump. And, you know, I didn't even know what a caucus was. Came in, learned everything from the ground up. Uh, I was a PCP, then ended up going to county and state as a delegate. Um, saw how exciting that was. And I just had the fire in my belly. And to be honest with you, life just kind of started to Travel, realizing how much we really needed to start talking to our neighbors about what is going on in Colorado. You know, I, with the sell of our business, it was interesting. I made a commitment to listen to legislation for the whole session. Um, you know, and I learned a lot about that. And we, as a minority within the supermajority up there in the legislative system, 
we really need to get true Republicans elected and really make a true change within Colorado. So I ran on the on the platform of we need to meet the voters where they're at, meaning what drove me to the ballot when I was 20 is definitely something different that brings me to the ballot at 47. So, you know, the tax increases, the whole thing that's going on with Proposition HH now, you know, and just the voting issues that we're having. So that's what I ran on. I just ran on being genuine, having conversations, and really it truly worked in my favor because people really wanted to tell their story. And I was willing to listen and bring the party in. And that's actually ended up how I ended up winning. Well, it was a very impressive victory, and I think your commitment, the fact that you and your husband did sell that business, you made a flat-out public commitment to make this your full-time, give your full-time attention to this role in supporting the chair and supporting the party. And then, you know, bringing the voice, there, there was a strong group of people from the Western Slope who were very vocal and very involved and were really working hard to protect their interests. And I just think that's so great because it really has been front range focused for so long. And by the way, Hope, we're talking with Hope Shepelman, the newly elected vice chair of the Colorado State GOP. Some would say, well, are you crazy? Uh, but I'm very <laughs> grateful for your courage and your commitment. But I can never get away with anything. I, I said that uh, Todd Watkins was in Douglas. And, of course, he and our chair, um, Dave Williams, are from El Paso County. Uh, and I just I think there's really a benefit in having people from, you know, diverse parts of the Republican Party around Colorado. So that is absolutely terrific. You're talking quite a bit about unification, and we saw, and we've only got a couple of minutes here. I'm so sorry I got to you late. But, okay. um, but you talk about unification, and you saw just the outright lying that occurred from some respectable or formerly respectable Republicans about this controversial Amendment 7, the Bonniewell Amendment, calling it communist, saying trying to steal votes. When nothing could have been further from the truth, this was all presented in the open and people had a chance to vote on whether they wanted to make this one very important exception. And the committee, at least there weren't enough there for two thirds to decide to do it. But there was nothing. There was no stealing going on. There was no communism going on. How in the world are you going to start to try to knit those factions together? Well, we need to move forward now. And we really need to start having those conversations about what is true transparency. Like I saw the transparency of the votes today. That was amazing. It was beautiful. To see that. It was. You know, and, and I think when we start moving forward and talking to people about, you know, the opt out, closing the primaries, and especially getting somebody in there that they truly wanted a voice. And I do want to touch one thing that you stated, absolutely, in 10 days, I am going to be able to make this a my full-time position. You know, I will be able to retire and do the things that is, I committed myself to the county. So yes, I Hope. agree that's going to be a hard, a hard thing. Yeah, we unfortunately, because of my poor timing, uh, we are just simply out of show and out of time. So we will have you back. I look forward to getting to know you and working with you. Anything I can do from the National Committee or the Tea Party grassroots perspective, I hope you'll reach out to me um, and let me know. And thank you so very much for throwing yourself into the ring and getting ready to squabble. 
Absolutely, Randy. <laughs> Thank you so very much. God bless. You, you too. Heard uh, heard that uh, we had a call earlier that said Ken Buck was uh, against impeachment. I'm told someone reached out to him and he is not. So the impeachment calls and all that, I that was a little little bit much for me. But listen, Dreamy Girl, I love you and all of you in heaven or otherwise. Never forget this. Oh well, <laughs> never mind. Too late. I, just want to I hit the wrong button. Hot. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.